Good evening. It is a privilege to be asked to come here. I have been at BC for now 26 years, hard to believe, and I didn't know a whole lot about Agape Latte until I saw some colleagues speak. And then I heard great things about it. And then once I got asked to speak, I you know, got excited about it and wanted to do it, and I got really interested. So faith is so important to me because I had gone through some significant changes in my life. And I thought it would be of value to share this. And I'm really grateful to be here tonight. But I remember seeing earlier advertisements of Agape Latte on t-shirts, speaking of t-shirts. On the back of them, it would say, what would Jesus brew? And so I thought, Jesus would probably like a dark roast because it's smooth, rich, bold, with subtle taste of cocoa. And Jesus is an uncomplicated man. You know, he's performing miracles. He was basically spreading the gospel in ways that are smooth, rich, bold, and subtle. So I can only imagine his coffee choice would be simple the dark roast, right? I'm gonna share my experience that I have with my mom with you, which is one of the most transformational life experiences I've ever had. And the reason I wanna share it with you is because it taught me how God uses people in many different ways through their suffering to come to light. I went into a dark place mentally and spiritually and I stayed there for a while not knowing or being aware of how it was affecting me and others around me. All I could see was just the pain and the emptiness of losing a parent. I came to the Lord in 2002, around the time that I was graduating Boston College. And I go to a non-denominational Christian church, so that's how we express our love for God. I have many family members that are Christian and have been for years. I wasn't always in the church, so they would invite me. Sometimes I would go, sometimes I wouldn't. There were times I would go just on Christmas and Easter, and then maybe on New Year's, they would have like um, <clears throat> this special service called watch, Night Watch Service that I would go to. But then gradually, as I started going, I started getting more curious about God and started getting more interested in God, and then things started happening life started changing for me. The things I wanted to do, things I wanted to get involved in, people I wanted to hang around with, I didn't want to do that anymore. So it was during a church service in 2002, in May, on Mother's Day, of all, of all wonderful days, that I made the decision to come to the Lord. I had a great relationship with my mom. She was everything outside of God. She was kind, she was warm, she was generous, she was very giving, she was very sacrificial. But she was funny. Mother had a crazy sense of humor, and I know that's where I get my sense of humor from, from her sense of humor. She was my biggest cheerleader. She had the gift to gab. My mother could talk to somebody at a bus stop. I remember watching her as a kid. She would talk to this woman at a bus stop and I'd swear they knew each other for years, but they only met in just a few minutes. 
mother could chatter up, and next thing you know, they're talking about sports, they're talking about politics, they're talking about the weather, they're talking about the latest fashion, you name it. My mother was very versed in all these things. That's the, that's the one thing I remember most about her, and she loved to entertain. We talk about spread, we had plenty of food from here to here. My mother's specialty was barbecue. She loved to barbecue, especially on Memorial Day and Independence Day. She would invite over family, friends, her co-workers from work, and we'd have a time, good food, good music, everybody laughed, sang and danced, cracked jokes, you name it, she did it. She would celebrate our birthdays, graduations, weddings, little accomplish, accomplishments, any excuse to have a party just because she would have a party. And it was because it was so much food, if you all were there, you could go back for seconds and thirds and still take a plate home. How about that? That was, that was how much food we had. So there was really not like there was not much left over. There was plenty left over. She made us, as her children, feel loved. She was a divorced woman who's uh, raising four kids. I'm the youngest, or what they call the baby of the family. And she made us feel special, like we were the most important people in the world. At least to her, we weren't. We were. She would always encourage us to do the best we can. We could be and do anything we wanted to be. If one career opportunity didn't work out, she would always encourage us to keep going, keep trying, never give up. It's one thing to fail, because you can pick yourself up, dust yourself off and keep going, but she never wanted us to give up. And if I had a problem, especially when making decisions about anything career-wise, mom always had the answer. To her, she was invincible when we were kids because anytime we had a problem, oh, go to mom, she can handle it. She'll take care of it, and she did, and it made us feel really good. She had a great impact on my life. She taught me a lot of great values including the Christian ones, but she always said, never give up. I didn't have a lot of confidence in myself as a kid. So with me, she definitely had to work on me extra. Her and a teacher of mine named Mrs. Erickson, both like a tag team, they were saying, Levesque, come on, you can do it, don't give up. That was the kind of mother she was. She was fantastic. Then at some point, when she began to get older, started aging, her health started failing. Now this is where I had to learn how to take care of her. And this was hard. This was the hardest thing ever. I had to take her to a doctor's appointments. I had to work with her doctor, talk to the nurses, talk with the visiting aides, the visiting nurses, because now she's still living in the home. She couldn't do a lot for herself. And because of that, this was going on. Life for me stopped. My life became this. It was work, church, mom, not necessarily in that order because I became the caregiver. And this began the 13-year journey of my taking care of her, of being her caretaker. I had to learn how to take care of an aging parent, which is different than a mother taking care of a baby, because a baby will grow into an adult. 
but how do you take care of a fully grown adult whose mind is now that of a child? Because our roles started reversing. I was becoming the, ch the parent, she was becoming the child. I don't know if any of you experienced this, or maybe perhaps you will sometime down the road. But this was tough because now her mind is more childlike. And it is said that as you get older, because you're getting closer to the grave, your mind does revert back to that of a child as you get up there. And now, because of this, I wasn't feeling so loving and generous myself. I was becoming angry and frustrated because our roles were changing. I didn't want to deal with this. So now mom's home. Other things are happening with her. She's now falling. When a parent falls, it's scary because you're worried about hips breaking, bones breaking, something else happening with her. And her nurse's aide would write this in the report on, on their patients. So one day, when talking with them, they told me, Levette, your mother can no longer live at home. And I knew what that meant, like, uh-oh, I gotta tell her, I've gotta tell my mom that she can no longer live at home. She's gotta go in a nursing home. She fought me on this, not once, but twice, at least that. She didn't wanna hear it the first two times. The third time, when she had an episode, put her in the hospital. This time, she had to go into the nursing home. Stay from the hospital, into the nursing home. Now this began an application process for long-term care called MassHealth in this state, which is brutal because they wanna know everything. They wanna know how much money and assets do you have to pay this enormous nursing home bill before they will. So I had to spend the summertime gathering all these documents. And at this time, I am now in the dark place and I'm getting more frustrated and more angry because I didn't want to do this, but I had to learn quick. And then I started asking God, why me? Why me? Why not my older sister? She gave my mother a hard time more than I did. I'm a good sister. Why me? Why am I stuck with this? And that's why I felt like I was stuck. But God answered that question, because I need you to do this. You're the only one who can do this. You're the only one who will do this caringly, lovingly. Your other siblings won't. They may be dragging, kicking, and screaming, but you're the only one who can do this. So after that, I kind of changed my mindset a bit there. Still angry, still frustrated. But then now, instead of focusing on me, let me talk to mom. She's going through this. Let me find out what's going on with her, how she's feeling. So I said, mom, how are you feeling? I know I've been concentrating on me, but how are you doing? She said, well, Vet, it sucks. <laughs> she said, it sucks getting old. It's like, I can imagine. But you know something? She was still concerned about me. She was concerned about how this was affecting me. She didn't want to be a burden to me. She didn't want to feel that way. And I would reassure her, Mom, you're not a burden. I love you. I love you. Because every day she would tell me how much she loved me. And I would tell her back, especially in these moments. Now, I went from just really focusing on how I was feeling to her. Because everything now that I wanted to do from that point on was for her. I wanted her last moments to be good. I wanted them to be beautiful. I wanted them to be happy. 
I wanted to be there for her. I was there to do everything I could for her. I wanted to be her protector and her provider from everything. That's what I did. So that took care of that question, why me? So the application process is still ongoing. And of course, the summertime, I'm still dealing with all of this. But let me ask you a question. Have you ever experienced the frustration of a copier? <laughs> Let me tell you about this experience that sent me over the edge. In a way, to this day, I'm still embarrassed by it. So here it is now, Labor Day. I thought, surely I can enjoy this day, right? Right? No. Agency called, Silvette. We need your mother's bank statements updated for this and this. I'm like, oh my God, are you kidding me? It's Labor Day, it's summertime. I wanna go out and hang out somewhere. Couldn't do that, could not do that. So I had to go to Staples and use their machines. They're having technical difficulties. Go to the copier, put in my credit card, ready to stop my copier. All of a sudden I hear, zoom. I'm about to lose it. Staples employee cuts off the power of those row of copiers in the middle of it. That's it. It's on like Donkey Kong now. Now I'm going to let her have it. I called her everything except the child of God. I called her stupid. I called her dumb. What do you think you're doing? What's wrong with you? What are you soft? What did you do this for? Can't you see I'm copying on and on? I was having a tantrum. So she obviously, she didn't like it, so she said stuff to me. I said more words to her. She said it to me, I said it back. We're having this tit for tat now in Staples, in public. Manager had to come over to break us up. Says to employee, you take a break, go in the back, we'll talk later. She turns to me and says, ma'am, how can I help you, what's going on? I said, listen, this little blankety blank, and you can use your imagine what the blankety blanks were. I won't repeat them here because I did use some colorful language. This little blankety blank shut off the power. I need my copies. It's charging me and I want my money back. Ma'am, let's go over here to the copier. I will help you and I will take care of you. So she did. So as she's making my copies for me, so I had a chance to sit there and wait, da 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 Temperature has a chance to come down. Now I'm feeling mortified, stupid, embarrassed. What did I do? That wasn't me. That was not me. And it wasn't about the stupid copier. It was about the fact that I was going through so much with mom that I blew up in this place and I behaved out of pocket so uncharacteristically of me. And I thought, oh, I look like a royal fool. So I apologized to the manager. I said, listen, I am really, really sorry that I did that. I'm just going through a rough time right now with something. And um, unfortunately, it came out here. So please accept my apology. If the young lady who was here were here, I'd apologize to her too, but she's not here. And who knows what kind of a day she was having. Before I came, she could have been saying zippity-doo-dah, who knows, until I showed up and messed it up for her. <laughs> so the uh, manager, she was very nice, professional and gracious. She said, that's okay, no problem. However, 
Can you ever read somebody's thoughts on their face like, I know what you're thinking? So this is what I think her thoughts were. Ma'am, you don't have to pay, no problem. You're all taken care of. We just want you out of here as soon as possible before you say and do something else embarrassing. You crazy woman. I was like, okay. You know, I can tell she wanted me out of there. You know how I can tell? She was packing up my stuff in record time. She was copying, organizing, click, click, stapling, shoving it in the bag, click, click, shoving it in the bag, typing, taping it up, nice little crease, short of putting a bowl on it and pushing it to me saying, get thee gone, woman, you nutty woman. So I, I took the hint, left with my package, got in my car, and felt real stupid the entire day as the rest of the week. Told a friend of mine that week, she's like, you did that? She goes, yeah, high five, fist bump. Like, no, 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 no. This is nothing to celebrate. I'm mortified at that. So two months later after that incident, my mother passed away. Halloween morning, October 31st, 2018. Worst day of my life because now I had people to tell. I had to go to my brother's apartment. I had to tell him to call my sister in South Carolina. I had to tell my older sister. I had to tell my aunt and uncle, niece and nephew. While I'm on the phone with them, I hear a sound that I haven't heard in years, my brother crying. I heard him cry before. It's been years since I heard him cry now. And when I'm on the phone with my aunt telling her her sister passed, my mom passed, that's when I break down. So even my grieving for that moment was delayed because I had people to tell. Hard day. Anyway, the same friend that I talked to, talked to her again, she just came out and said, Levette, you need counseling. No, I don't, yes you do, no I don't, yes you do. All right, let me just think about it, okay. She said, what do you think God has counselors here for? <laughs> okay, all right, yeah. So I thought about it. The following week at church sermon, pastor's preaching, and don't remember the exact sermon, but it spoke to me. He said something along the lines of, there are times when God will take you into a wilderness just to help you deal with certain, certain things about you, certain issues in which no one else is around, and that many times God will also take your situation and use it to help somebody else. And then he quoted something from scripture that says, to much is given, much is required. And that was my aha moment, like, yeah, because I was given a lot and expected to do a lot without sibling help. So that resonated with me. But one thing it also did is that it cemented my relationship with God and my dependence on him and him calling me to action to help somebody else. So I did go to counseling. I went to counseling for 10 months, which is great because it really did help me. It was nice to talk to somebody outside of my circle that would just be a listening ear and that can help put things in perspective. And I got a chance to talk about what really bothered me throughout this whole process, among other things. 
and it caused, and uh, it also helped me to get back to journaling. I don't know if anybody journals here, but I find it very therapeutic because sometimes when you have things on your mind, you don't have anyone to talk to. It just helps to just write it down and just write it down. One of the things that affected me from my mom's death was that I kept seeing flashback of the telephone call over and over again like it was a movie. And so journaling that really helped. But overall, it helped me as I started going to counseling and started finishing. I started feeling much better. The joy in my heart came back. The smile on my face came back. Started getting more positive rather than being negative. I'm still grieving, but it's not like it used to be before because now it's been two years. Hard to believe it's been two years since her passing. And there are times I swear I could hear her voice. And I know there are times I sound just like my mom. <laughs> Sayings at all, because that's how much she affected me. But God took this situation and helped me to use it to help somebody else. Gentleman in my church, his wife lost her mom a few years prior. As the spouse, he's um, struggling, having a hard time trying to help her cope with it. So I feel for him on that one. He didn't know about counseling until I told him what I did. So I hope the two of them are doing well. The other person is my god sister that I lost connection with 20 years ago, and we now reconnected. Her mother was my godmother, and she too passed. So both mommies are gone, but at least I know where they are in a better place. And we talk all the time, it's great. Any feelings that she's having about the grieving process, I can relate to them. I said, yeah, I was there. You're gonna have moments of highs and moments of lows. We explained that to her. I said, but you will be all right as long as you hang on to him. And that's what God helped me with. He'll take, took, he's taken my situation and helped me to help others. And it just cemented my faith in him even more. Thank you very much.